0: One, two, three, four. The first tour that you guys went on, (laughs) they were like sleeping on people's floors, on inflatable mattresses, after shows, like begging fans to let them stay at their houses, or we would all share a hotel room sometimes. (laughs) It was so exciting if we got a hotel room but then looking at the map of their tour from oh, that yeah. first one we still give their booking agent joe tamian shit for it because it looked like a child took a crayon over the map of the united states was like Draw, oh. like here's where you're gonna go this, oh my god that's <laughs> not so of it made any sense
1: in north carolina greensboro greensboro yeah uh, mm-hmm. three different times of the same tour
0: but like in someone's oh, van because right? it just kept
1: zigzagged <laughs> <laughs> we felt like it was the twilight zone Are we here again? And we're here at this, and we stayed in this museum with no heat.
2: Welcome back to the Well Now What podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. Today's guest is Brandy Schultz. Brandy is the founder of Adventure Nannies. I absolutely love chatting with her today, and I loved hearing more about her entrepreneurial journey. It definitely wasn't a conventional or typical career path. She didn't go to business school right after high school, nor did she start a business earlier on in her 20s. I think what's so important and what I really emphasize on my podcast is that yes, Education is very important, but also if you want to be an entrepreneur, you don't necessarily need to go to school. Brandy's story just shows how resourceful and creative she was when she first started to launch Adventure Nannies. She was honestly really funny, and, and it was really great speaking with her. Midway through the episode, we're actually joined by a special guest, her husband, also known as Wesley Schultz. He's the lead singer from one of the biggest indie folk rock bands in the world, the Lumineers. I love their music, and I think they're all really talented artists. So let's get into the episode. I'm here with the beautiful Brandy Schultz. Brandy is the founder of Adventure Nannies. She founded Adventure Nannies after eight years of working as a travel nanny. As the original Adventure Nanny, she went cliff diving with kids in Italy, worked on a farm in Southern France, attended Burning Man, and learned survival skills in the Rocky Mountain wilderness. Brandy's passion for active families and dynamic visionary leadership has propelled Adventure Nannies from its infancy into the high-touch worldwide boutique nanny agency it is today. And in between Brandy's adventures, she met inspiring musician Wesley Schultz, who had recently moved to town and was working as a busboy to make ends meet. They began dating, and Brandy's calendar filled up with families trying to hire for upcoming trips, and she saw an opportunity to launch her business. And you may know Wesley from his incredible band, The Lumineers. So Brandy, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I'm so excited to learn from you. I know that you're you know, you're know, very pregnant, which is <laughs> which is incredible, but thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I love your podcast.
2: Thank you. So I'm curious to know, what was your life before Adventure Nannies? And I think I saw that you studied education reform and gender studies. So what was yeah. your like your goals and ambitions like with college and everything?
0: <laughs> well, that is a funny question, because I actually didn't graduate even with my undergrad until I was 29. So I was college dropout immediately after high school (laughs) I tried it and I worked I still worked at the university for about four years after um even though I wasn't going to school there and I had a really circuitous path to get to where I am now and it was I never really I saw a lot of people around me and I had a little bit of a weird childhood with dysfunctional parents their album three is based on my mom so it was like (laughs) that's how weird it was (laughs) but um it was so I just didn't want the normal nine to five white picket fence, 2.5 kids in a station wagon dream for myself. And so I got a series of kind of odd jobs and I really felt like I was doing fine. Most of my friends went on to get their masters and then they were in a lot of debt and they had these jobs they didn't even like. I started to kind of market myself as a travel nanny because I was like, how can I keep traveling and get paid for it? Um, and then I it worked. Lots of people started booking me just through uh, like referrals from the families that I'd worked with. And then I kind of just had this sweet little niche that I carved out in the world for myself where I was the adventure nanny. And I got to, I became a wilderness first responder. I worked a little bit as a kayak guide and I was always kind of like, what am I doing with myself? But I'm having so much fun and I'm not in any debt and I'm making the same amount that a lot of my friends were who had master's degrees. So never really felt like I missed out on schooling, but there always was that little part of me that didn't feel validated, I guess, with the degree. Um, and so that's why I finally went to back to school and it was after I'd started dating Wes, um, that I went back to school. And part of the reason I chose the school I did, I went to Goddard, which is in Vermont and it's, a it's like a low residency program. So you can, you don't you only have to be there for eight days a semester and then it's all correspondence. So it's actually a lot more work than being in school in my personal experience. Cause you don't just get to like show up hungover and listen to the lecture. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be really engaged and you can choose to study whatever you want there. And I have one of my best friends lives in the country, Georgia. And I was like, I still want to keep traveling. So I spent my one of the semesters in the country, Georgia, with her interviewing a lot of women. And then my thesis graduating from Goddard was clear societal expectations and women's sense of self. Cause it was part of my whole journey of like, what am I doing? <laughs> with myself? But
2: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah that was a long answer for your question. No,
2: no, no. That was perfect. Yeah. I guess I have a few follow-up questions. Did you find going back to school, was that beneficial for your entrepreneurial journey, do you think you actually learned something really valuable? Cause I know with, for me, I know there's some things for sure, no hate on my program, but some things were great, but other things I was yeah. like, I could have learned better on the job, like working. So what was it like for you?
0: Yeah. And so that's a great question. And I didn't go to business school, so I can't compare it to business school, but I definitely learned everything from real life experience that has to do with running a business the one thing that having a degree gave me though was kind of just this confidence that I didn't even realize I didn't have because I hadn't graduated from college. That was always kind of a sore subject when I'd be at a, a bar or something and people are like, where did you, where did you go to school? You know? <laughs> I was always like, oh, let's change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the only, I think that yeah. you get- me more confidence and then I after starting Adventure Nannies which I did launch because um, throughout that whole situation I just described I was living in this house with a bunch of musicians and we were all like they would go on tour I would leave for my travel nanny jobs and it was just kind of like there's a lot of community houses here in Denver and it was like one of those like punk flop houses basically (laughs) which was really fun but uh that's i lived with for a little while stealth who's the lumineers keyboard player now and he's the one who introduced he's the one who like got the wes and jared to play a house show that i threw and that's how we met while wes was still a busboy at the sushi den it was like the first show they played in colorado so when they moved here um yes yeah I, that is why I started Adventure Nannies is because Wes and I fell in love. He was playing in front of the same six people every night at the Meadowlark. I did not see their career going anywhere. <laughs> and so I was like, crap, I've maxed out my earning potential as a nanny. I'm going to need to support this guy for the rest of his life. So how do I, you know, make myself go to the next level? Because mm-hmm. I was the, definitely like the breadwinner at that point in our lives. <laughs> And so he, I started adventure nannies just around the same time I went to school and then um, yeah, I started to support him. But then, yeah, like I said, I got free business mentors through Denver Business Association, which was pretty helpful. Not Mm -hmm. exactly because our industry is so niche. There's not a lot of advice you can get from people who work in other fields that make sense for a nanny agency. But then I joined EO, which is Entrepreneurs Organization. And that has totally changed the trajectory of adventure nannies. And that definitely gave me the business background that I needed to go from like a glorified babysitter's club into the nationwide <laughs> agency that it is now.
2: Yeah, that's incredible. I was going to ask, like, what were your initial challenges, apart from maybe not having a lot of entrepreneurial experiences, but like first kind of scaling the business where you were the like the only adventure nanny yeah. to kind of growing the team? Like what were your like challenges at the beginning?
0: the challenges at the beginning were definitely that I thought I was very replaceable. I was like, Oh man, who wouldn't want to get paid to travel and like, you know, be there for the family. And I was always the kind of travel nanny that was willing to step in wherever. And I think I have from being a child of an alcoholic, I think I have this ability to be like, Oh, I shouldn't talk to them right now. or like, (laughs) This is, you know, so I I have a good sense of people when to step back and when to step in, like, Mm when they need help and when they'd rather have a family moment. And I didn't realize how important and not common some of those skills were. So I would send people out with families that just had no clue how to to help them. And so that there were definitely a lot of hiccups in the beginning and it got us to make a very robust training manual for anyone who that's went awesome. out on the road with families. Mm-hmm. And then it changed our screening process a lot too. Cause I was just basically looking for bodies in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. you seem like a responsible person. They'll love you. <laughs> <laughs> and then now our screening process is so intense. I joke that I wouldn't pass it. So
2: I mean, left- it's better,
0: it's better safe than sorry. So it's, that's good for that you sure. guys have lots of practices. What about yeah. the,
2: your initial, um, like demographic or customer base, like what kind of families um, were you working with?
0: So in the beginning, we were just working with families that knew of us through word of mouth through the families I'd worked with. Mm -hmm. And then this is kind of crazy, but I, and I think it, honestly, it's helpful that I didn't have a business background and that I was a little bit of a crazy person because I think you have to be a crazy person to start a business totally um and so I'm glad I didn't know any better but what we did to find some of our first clients and it worked we our first long-term placement we ever uh had was with this process where we googled billionaires in San Francisco and we just cold email wife <laughs> at company name.com. oh my god did it work yeah that's how we got our first long-term <laughs> client that's amazing. Yeah. It's so resourceful. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody would have thought of that. That. They were spa- that we spammed them. But yeah, we just had, I had kind of collected the resumes of my all-stars. So I had this one person who used to, I met her through my friend who worked at Radio Lab and she'd gone to an Ivy League school and she spoke multiple languages, which is kind of the blueprint for a lot of our nannies. They're all people who you would never expect to work as a nanny, but they make six figures or... A lot of them do. And so they're wow. great jobs. Um, but yeah, she had a master's degree, had sailed across the Atlantic with one other person it was just a real, the real embodiment of what I wanted for adventure nannies to be. And so, yeah, I sent out her resume along with a little description about our business to mm-hmm. wife name at company. That's lot of incredible. People. Yeah. And they're like, she seems great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's so funny
0: yeah but I'm gonna talk a
2: little bit about you know when you kind of had to take a pause because you know the luminaires started to get more popular Wes was constantly on tour um so when was that was that moment and I guess what were you thinking initially did you all of a sudden go yeah I'm I'm good to take a pause or like this business was kind of your baby were you kind of scared to take a pause and let it go for a bit I just wanted to pop in and say thank you for listening. And if you like it so far, please follow me on Instagram at well now Wood Podcast. Leave a review on Apple Podcast too. that would really help other people find my podcast. Now let's get back to the interview.
0: I didn't really fully let go of that until super recently, until I had our kids. So Adventure Days has been around for about eight years now. And I stepped back from the day-to-day uh, three years ago when I went on maternity leave. And then the rest of the time, it was just really not that functional i was feeling like a failure in all aspects of my life because <laughs> i was trying to run a business trying to be a good partner and then we were also mm-hmm. traveling all the time with the band so mm-hmm. i had an amazing partner at the time and she really took on a lot of extra work we're not partners anymore which was mm-hmm. finance it's mutual it's great but um she and then after that one person who we'd hired on is like a marketing person she stepped into more of a role. And then I went on maternity leave and this other person, Shenandoah, who's our CEO now, she's like the exact opposite brain that I am. She's incredibly like linear and structured and organization-based. And I am not, I'm just like the crazy ideas person. <laughs> she's a much better executor than I was, even though I tried really hard to make myself into a great executor. I just wasn't. And so it was pretty funny after I went on maternity leave, Adventure Nannies was doing much better than they were with, with me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all right, this is perfect. See you later. So I still, I still own Adventure Nannies and we still talk every day about problems, but I'm not the, I'm not guiding this ship anymore. And I think that was a really important business decision to make in general. And it's one of the things that I was good at from the beginning, just recruiting people to work in homes was just finding people who are better than me to do the job. So
2: I think that's a true sign of, of leadership is like being able to actually like delegate or, you know, let things go because of a lot yeah. of leaders and stuff. Like I said, your business just becomes your baby so important to you. Um, yeah. so that's, that's really great that you were able to kind of delegate that and realize, you know, some people are better at some things that you are and then vice versa. So that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so what was it like constantly being on tour like never I in the same place for a few I days I don't know
0: how we did it but we're still we're about to do it again so it was just pure chaos especially in the beginning um I don't think a lot of people know this but the Lumineers are the largest indie band now there's still an indie band so yes. they didn't have the support of a major label to go promote them um they had to do all the promotion themselves so oh speak of the devil hello <laughs> We were just talking about how crazy it was in the beginning with you. Oh yeah. The yeah. first tours. Yeah, how chaotic it hey, was. How are you doing? Hello,
2: nice to meet you. I'm Spanna. Nice
1: to meet you. Wes.
0: We were just talking about how <laughs> insane it was. Like remember Joe Tamian's first attempt at planning a tour for you guys? And you guys did do all the promo yourself? Yeah. so they well, were that's like crazy like, that you
2: didn't have management i'm so surprised it was they had five years ago
0: but it was like we didn't t- oh you guys no, didn't have didn't. management at the time well, you're right
1: no we had management but we didn't have a label that was the thing
0: yeah they didn't have a label yet and even now dual tone is an indie label yeah it was crazy times you guys would wake up in the morning to do a radio show so instead of like peppering all the radio stations for you like a major label will yes you guys had to show up to every radio station and play a set yeah
1: yeah, oh my was, gosh. It was a, a grind, yeah. So how
2: did you not get burnt out? Because obviously playing itself is, you know, every day, it's like a lot uh, of energy that you're giving and then having to do these interviews and kind of running back and forth, that's crazy.
1: Well, it's a lot of, I mean, part of it's a lot of fun and then mm-hmm. part of it is adrenaline and um being, being young and indestructible, you know, yeah. I think.
0: <laughs> fueled by Subway, yeah. <laughs> Subway sandwiches <laughs> and <laughs> Bud Light. <laughs>
1: I think if you're fueled by... If you're fueled by something like i mean this sort of sounds like corny or something but if you're fueled by like a hope in something or a belief in something i think it's it'll carry you way longer than just doing it out of obligation so a lot of us were it was a grind but we felt like you know we're actually not working our side jobs anymore we're we're actually just playing music and this is our new job so part of that job at that point was to get up really early. And I think as a singer, I, th- I see why singers go crazy. Cause you, mm-hmm. if you don't sleep, you don't sound the same. Yeah. You get sick, you don't sound the same. So you're, mm-hmm. you're constantly uh, under the gun different than your partners are. And so it's a little bit unfair, but uh, uh, they like to remind me of why I have perks they don't or something. So it's, <laughs> everybody's, got, everybody's got, you know, so, some, something to bear, but I feel like that's the biggest thing is I've seen people You think about doctors that go, they wear those scrubs and they do their rounds and they have like hellacious hours for something like years. Mm -hmm. Or you hear that story about lawyers trying to make partner or there's a lot of different things. I feel like with music, it was like I thought of it like I was an apprentice and like I had to do everything it asked me to do with no questions asked. (laughs) I felt like it was, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want it to just go on and on like that but I felt Mm -hmm. like it was a really valuable affirmation of like I want to be here and this is why that's Uh, awesome yeah life's easier now as far as being on the road but it has its own like rhythm to it and its own different kind of grind but it's like we just always talk about you don't want to work hard to not work hard We like Mm -hmm. we didn't we didn't work hard to like go on vacation we worked hard to be able to have more of that work you know play more music so
0: Um, Now the tour schedule looks a lot better though. like i was just about to say Mm -hmm. right when you walked in that the first tour that you guys went on (laughs) they were like sleeping on people's floors on inflatable mattresses after shows like begging fans to let them stay at their houses or (laughs) we would all share a hotel room sometimes (laughs) it was so exciting if we got a hotel room
1: yeah
0: but then looking at the map um of their tour from that first one we still give their booking agent joe tamian shit for it because it looked like a child took a crayon over the map of the united states like draw, like here's where you're gonna go this, oh my
1: god that's <laughs> none so of funny. it made
0: any sense so it stayed was somewhere in, that had green
1: in the name in north carolina greensboro greensboro yeah. uh, mm-hmm. three different times on the same tour.
0: but like in someone's oh, van because right? it just gets
1: zigzagged <laughs> yeah. we felt like it was the twilight zone and we are we here again and we're here at this and we stayed in this museum with no heat it it's, was just a bizarre scene but yeah it's it's definitely it gets better but I feel like we were, you know, it was, a, it was a fun time. Everybody always, I think, glorifies it to a way that is for me, not my reality. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. go back to those exact days, mm-hmm. but they make you who you are. It's kind of like a boot camp. Mm-hmm. And, uh You ever hear the term, like, it's the best thing I never want to do again <laughs> or something <laughs> I never do twice. Yeah. Um, it feels like that. And that's a big part of, I think how when we go and we're put in different situations now where things go wrong there's a technical glitch or some we we can adapt because we we've been in much more tight and hard places than that uh and so i think all your disadvantages can prove to be your advantages if you have like Mm -hmm. you know resiliency and an attitude about it but it's not for everyone like some people were there for the lifestyle like you know they were just there Mm -hmm. for the
0: like the swimming holes in the coffee shops
1: and like the yeah and like the association Mm -hmm. with with something that was like bohemian or something but Mm -hmm. it comes down to also for us it was like writing songs a lot and having a better Mm -hmm. show and things that like everybody thinks of it more like it just happens but i think there's a lot of intention behind most bands you know like most Mm -hmm. most anybody that's doing something with with their heart is like there's way more behind the scenes than people realize and it's not mm. like you're just doing acid in the park and then you show up at the show.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. you
1: kind of have to be prepared. Yeah. It's like I'm taking over your uh No, thing.
2: not a lot. I guess I have one last question for the both of you guys, just kind of you know, going on tour and having, you know, a lot going on, how you keep that spark going. You guys have been together for a long time. I think I heard in another, I think it was like an interview that you guys did together that, for example, like on dates, you guys sit at the bar. Um, and that's yeah. so funny because my boyfriend and I, we've been together for like seven years now and we we do the same thing we love like even though it's like so simple but like literally just like sitting at the bar the atmosphere is so much better like at dinner or at restaurants we like to sit next to each other instead of across each other so I guess my question is yeah how do you guys keep the spark going since you know you're so busy with both of your lives
0: I was joking with Wes that these are like our unsexy years right now because so- <laughs> 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 this is just the not sexy phase of our relationship
1: <laughs> Yeah, but. the other day, because Brand, Brandy's about to have a baby and she's yes. like, Which one do you know the other night. I thought about having sex with you. And I was like,
0: wow, It's the thought that's like this is amazing. That's, what, that's
1: what, yeah, true. So uh <laughs> full disclosure, when you when you have kids and get pregnant, it's it's not always the same. I was like uh, closed for business right now. <laughs> but uh I don't know. I mean part of it is like also being super um thoughtful towards each other and yeah. real about it. Cause the rest of the world will judge you. If you're sitting at the bar, some people might say, oh, that's not romantic or that's, they have their ideas of what should mm-hmm. and shouldn't be. And like, when we're on the road, I will go to bed pretty late. And then as a result, wake up like later. And we, at first all were in the same hotel room and it was a disaster. Because- yeah, I felt like I
0: had two children where I had Lenny, our infant at the time mm-hmm. who I, he would wake up at all hours, but then I felt like I had to keep him quiet. So that Wes is Wes could sleep because it is important for a singer to get a certain amount of sleep. Otherwise, they can't sing. Well, then you're right. so like God. Out, you get sick. I felt so responsible for everyone's well being. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like
1: also, when I get home, I would like get back to the hotel. I would like sneak in, and it's just you're wired from the show. So we ended mm-hmm. up getting like bucking up and just getting another hotel room. And I think some people thought that was pretty strange. And yeah,
0: they're like, do they love each other anymore? Yeah, <laughs> But it was great. Cause then we have a nanny that we travel with that we got through adventure nannies, Megan, she's amazing. She's been with us since day one, but she'll be with the kids in my room. And then Wes and I can hang out. I can stay up late having drinks with him or watching TV or doing whatever mm-hmm. we want to do in his room and then go back to my room. And it's much better. So separate hotel rooms is the key. to- That's have. really smart. That's actually really smart. Like, yeah.
2: That was really smart. I said
0: like. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I think we're like, able yeah. to have more intimacy than we would if we shared a room, which yeah, is fun. Yeah, ironically, yeah, easier.
1: But the other part of it is just like, um, trying to figure out what works for us worked a lot better than trying to figure out what, what looked was good. in theory like right, <laughs> yeah. right. Everybody else or and and. I don't think we're alone in that. I think a lot of people do things because they think that's the way it should be and they don't ever question it. So for us, it's a lot about like trying to set an intention. So if a tour is super busy, uh, but I have a day off, I'm not gonna just like sleep in and, you know, yeah, Wes will like take Lenny to a cute something. little like, music
0: class sometimes. Like, yeah, try to like, we did just a bunch in Vancouver, I think, actually. But
1: try to be together and try to also, the same as home, like I think just try to have a date on average, like once a week, because that's very easy to put off, put off. And yeah. then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you haven't spent much one on one time together. So it's kind of simple stuff, but uh mm-hmm. it works. It works for us. Mainly everyone should just sleep in separate hotel rooms. Yeah, what we're and doing. have a the therapist. <laughs> Yeah. true well those
2: are some those are some great tips like I never
1: would have thought of that those are great yeah we were joking
0: awesome. yeah never mind it's not appropriate okay. uh, I gotta run to this thing
1: okay
2: nice to meet you, thank Smith. you so much for saying hi I'm a yeah. huge fan of you guys and your music you're great
1: thanks so much really appreciate it so casual <laughs> Just I know, meeting I like, the that is the best excuse
0: <laughs> Wes works for he's on the board of Take Note Colorado though which our former governor Hickenlooper started and it's to get music programs into a school so oh that's, that's awesome. what he's off to talk to Polis about I don't think he's wow. ever met him but it'll
2: be cool <laughs> um I guess transitioning from what's your day-to-day like now I'm curious to know so obviously you're preparing for like a pregnancy having a child but maybe a little yeah. bit before that
0: Yeah, well, COVID day to day for us was pretty crazy. We have, we moved a couple years ago into this big house that we're in now. We've never had so much extra space. So during COVID and all the Black Lives Matter protests, there was a lot of, we have a friend who had a newborn and there was tear gas going into their apartments because our police force overreacted in a huge way to all that. Gosh. So um, they, we invited them to come stay with us. Wes's tour manager came and stayed with us for a while. And then we had um, his brother and their family. They also have a two-year-old. Came and lived with us for, I think they were with us for six months. And then my mother-in-law was with us for about 11 months so wow busy house full yeah, house <laughs> yeah we had no real real day-to-day besides like breakfast and then chaos of whoever is staying at our house which i loved because chaos made this covid lockdown go by a lot faster even though we're still in it but it was nice and then we kicked everyone out recently and yeah i am more pregnant now than i ever have been because I. when have do le- you do I'm not due until March 25th, but Lenny was a preemie. So I've never experienced okay. the last month of pregnancy before. So that's exciting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we're just going to like, yeah. what's going to happen? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been really great. Our day-to-day at home is pretty basic though. We're just like normal lockdown. Of course, COVID yes. People. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So where do you, I know you're, you see yourself building a family, but where do you see yourself kind of down the line in terms of. Um, I guess, career? Are you hoping to just be on tour more with Wes and supporting him being a full-time mom? What's kind of your plan?
0: I think it's important to always have something outside of being a mom. And I know Adventure Days, even though I'm not as involved, it's perfect because I'm not as involved, but I don't feel bad about it all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I can be involved. And this year I've recorded a lot of our podcasts um, and I'm involved in ways that are fun for me instead of trying to do things that I'm horrible at, like (laughs) organization and things like that. Um, But so I know Adventure nannies is going to keep going. I'll have that. And then I just kind of recently started trying to get involved in the community a little bit more. I'm on Colorado Public Radio's advisory board, Mm -hmm. and then always looking to get involved with local schools and fundraising for them, even though Lenny's not in school and won't be for a while. I think it's just Mm So far, I don't have like a grand vision, but I didn't for any of this anyway. But I definitely always want to have my finger in something outside of motherhood so that I have and outside of music so that I have my my own sense of identity instead of just being totally wife and Lenny's mom. Exactly. Yeah, that's really important. Not that those are bad things, but. Yes.
2: Yeah, but it's definitely good to have, you know, your own separate identity. So I understand. Yeah.
0: I think my yes. mom's alcoholism journey was driven by not losing her identity. So just to avoid becoming a homeless alcoholic, that's what I'm going to
2: work on. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. Um, so with adventure nannies, like obviously you traveled a lot. So I'm just curious to know, what are your like favorite top three travel spots that you've been to?
0: Man, since all this lockdown, we've just been dreaming of going more places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I love Eastern Europe. I, we spent a long time in Prague this year and then all the Mm -hmm. weird little spa towns outside of uh, Prague in the Czech Republic, like uh, Miri and Miri and bad, I think is another one, but yeah, there it's so magic and beautiful. Um, Georgia, the country is one of my favorite places to go just because it's like stepping back in time In Mm -hmm. in the mountains there. They didn't build roads until the Soviets built a road up in 1970. So it's like, people I mean now it's a national park so there's a lot more tourism but when I went there the first time people were still like riding on horses only and drinking Mm -hmm. out of baby egg bodies and stuff and like you'd find quaveries of wine in the forest and things like that but uh Wes and I love Italy also Jer lives Mm -hmm. there his drummer with his wife Fra Italy's amazing we love South Africa it's pretty awesome we've been to other countries in Africa too I love to go to Botswana when all this is over but I think the, the world is a magic place. It I is. Can't think of a single spot I wouldn't want to go to. Even if someone invited me to Kansas City right now, I'd be like, yes, that's good. <laughs> I know.
2: I know. I miss traveling. Even like going somewhere, even for like an hour drive. I'm not sure if you've been to BC um, in Canada, but like everywhere is pretty, pretty damn beautiful. So just yeah. even getting like an hour away, even to like whistler or something, it's it's such I'm so like grateful to do it because. I oh miss
0: traveling God. so much. Yeah. I'm like, I'll hang out in a desert. I do not care. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> me too. Okay. So you have your top three favorite places. What about your top three, I guess, songs in general, some of them can be Lumineers if you want, <laughs> but some of them, they don't have to be.
0: That's a good question. Oh man. Mm. Gosh, that's, that caught me off guard. I'm like, what is music? I listen. It to, can like, even tr- be
2: music. It can be musicians. <laughs> it can be like bands. It doesn't have to be like a specific song
0: well i love Raylan baxter he i'm thinking about him maybe right now because i had lenny at like my water broke right after his show when i had lenny but we love i love his music it's really nostalgic for me to just listen to he's pretty awesome Uh, The felice brothers are one of my favorites that's kind of what something wes and i bonded over when we were dating is that we both Mm -hmm. loved the felice brothers gosh fiona apple's new album has been on heavy rotation at our house uh Mm -hmm. I like music, but a lot of times yes. I'm pretty blind to new stuff because we just like, or Mount Joy, they were on tour with them right before mm-hmm. everything got shut down. So I've been listening to a lot of Mount Joy. It's just like whatever <laughs> is presented right in front of me. I'm, yes, like, you'll YouTube, I'm it. like, oh, cool. It's on my plate. It's right here. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't been that's seeking awesome. new stuff out a whole lot, but that's a handful of bands that I really like.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. And I guess my last question for you is, do you have any advice for maybe young entrepreneurs or maybe advice that you would give your younger self, maybe like back into your twenties, you know, what would you tell Brandy?
0: I love that. And, um, I, I would not tell young Brandy anything because if I'd known how hard the journey of entrepreneurship was, I don't think I would have done it. And I'm so glad that I did it, but there were so many moments that I would have rather worked at McDonald's than doing (laughs) um and I probably would have been making more money also (laughs) yeah um and then so yeah I'm so glad I didn't know much about what I was about to get into it's kind of like uh running where the longest I've ever run was just because I didn't know how long I was supposed to run and I just kept running until I had to stop (laughs) I love that analogy that's awesome yeah so just just keep going and then I know Wes talks about this sometimes in um interviews because he went to the University of Richmond and a lot of his classmates went on to work at hedge, fund, hedge funds and Wall Street and blah, blah, blah. And they were really immediately super successful. And he was still working at Starbucks or moved to Denver, worked at it as a bus boy. And he kind of just make, you know, making sure you're not measuring your success against others because success looks very different for everyone. And for me, it meant like, I don't want to settle for a boring, which I thought was boring. And now I find it very fulfilling. I didn't know any better. <laughs> uh, like 2.5 kids in station wagon existence. But yeah, it's kind of just a war of attrition. Like just keep your eye on the prize. Just keep your goals in mind. And I think even if you feel lost in moments or you're like, what am I doing working this weird job? Mm-hmm. You look back and you realize, oh, all of those were stepping stones that I needed to take to get to where I am now. So no, my advice is just like, keep your blinders on and Don't feel bad if you are lost because I think those experiences are incredibly valuable. And I remember talking a long time ago to the guys at New Belgium about who they liked to hire. And he's like, if I find somebody with like a lot of restaurant experience or experience in these other tough jobs, I hire them faster than I will if somebody just like, I did all the right things and I went to all the right, I took all the right steps and had this unpaid internship and the blah, blah. And I think those are super important steps for certain goals also, but I don't think that they're for everyone. And we find that with our families too, that are looking to hire people. These are like titans of industry, our clients, some of them, because that billionaire's of San Francisco wife name coming in. <laughs> We're working with all of them now, which is amazing. Yes. Um, and so they're great people to have on your resume. People would like kill to have them write you a reference letter and they find, I find that they want to hire people with really interesting, diverse backgrounds. So. Don't be afraid to step out of the box and do crazy stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, your path was definitely not like super linear. Like you go to school right after high school and then you have this plan and whatever yeah. this this business, but I love your journey. It was so great speaking with you, learning more Thank about it. Thank you for
0: it. having me, yeah.
2: Of course, yeah. And um, you know, I think it's really interesting because a lot of people don't really admit that they've had all these, well, now what moments or like, what do I do now? And I think what makes me feel so comfortable because I'm 24 now, um, is that people still later on in the career when they're successful the well now it doesn't really stop and that's kind of a good thing because if you're, yeah. if you're comfortable and you're not questioning what you're doing then you won't really grow especially as an entrepreneur so yeah thank 100%. you for being so honest and, and sharing your story
0: thanks for having me I'm glad Wes was able to pop on too
2: and that was Brandy and West. if you like this episode or you love the Lumineers let me know and follow me on Instagram at well now what Podcast. thanks for listening and I'll see you next week